Would you or anyone you know be interested in the best of what we've learned from over 350 expert interviews? Business expert interviews just like this one you're about to listen to. Plus, I'll share what we discovered spending $50,000 to go through over 100 years of business success research. Thousands of evidence-based scientific studies on what really works. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca for more info on how, in 90 days or less, you can get eight better business habits or get three times your money back. That's 90 days to eight types of better business, fitness, and mindset habits. These will determine who survives and thrives in these unusual times and who doesn't. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. You'll discover our new business coaching and accountability program for business, fitness, and mindset all in one. You'll also learn how you can get over $11,336 in free bonuses for only $1. Go to bestbusinesscoach.ca for more info. That's bestbusinesscoach.ca, like Canada or California. See you there. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multi-millionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. When your life and your business grow as a result of what you're about to discover, please call me and tell me about it. The number to leave a voicemail is 1-888-844-GROW. That's 1-888-844-4769. Long-distance charges may apply. Dial now to call me, connect, share your personal story of how my interviews have helped, or share your current challenges and frustrations so I can connect you with an appropriate course, coach, or help you if you connect. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by a returning guest and highly respected expert in paid media. I'm super excited for this, and you should be too. The man I'm talking about is Justin Brook. And Justin is an online advertising expert and has been ever since he turned $60 into six figures with Google AdWords back in 2007. Justin is an author, blogger, speaker, and founder of AdSkills. He's helped over 11,000 ad buyers build more profitable ad campaigns, get certified, and get matched up with clients or job. He's leading the industry because instead of buying multiple courses from different experts, you can learn them all all under one roof for one price at adskills.com. I asked him to join us here today to share some insights on how to make the paid media game work for us and what to do when things go wrong. So Justin, thank you so much for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm phenomenal, man. Life could not be better right now. It's it's one of those times where I'm like, I'm scary. It's going to turn at any moment, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah. trying not to think that way either, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, it's a maintenance game, you know, it really is. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Right. It really is. In the beginning, maybe people are struggling and then yeah, I get, I totally get it, you, you know, but that's great. That's fantastic. So for those that are new to the game and don't know Justin's background, please go listen to our first interview. There'll be a link to it in the notes. But following up now, Justin, I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about kind of what has changed since we interviewed you. I think it was like a year ago now. Like what what's really changed in the ad space? And so some of that, like I know you were talking about the Netflix documentary, kind of like talking about like digital privacy and that. What are kind of the mm. main things on the industry dashboard right now in terms of media buying? Okay, so to give everybody kind of a snapshot of the industry right now, Facebook and Google are the two dominant players of the ad industry. Google is still bigger. Facebook is really, really close second. However, Google still wins in market cap, in total inventory size, in different ad units. Like They still are bigger. However, a lot of people believe Facebook is better. The reason for that is Facebook very cleverly decided from when, as they built the platform, they built the platform and their algorithms to favor the smaller advertiser. Mm. Google 
favored the bigger one. You know, that's nobody thought to do anything different back when Google was coming around. Everybody was like, oh, we want to attract the, the Tylenols and the Coca-Colas and the right. and Facebook came, came around and went after the long tail. And that's why a lot of people see success at $5 a day, $10 a day. And then they're like, oh, wow, this thing's uh, a monster. It's working really well. And they push it to 100 or $500 a day and the results just tank. Because it's it's built to work off of the smaller ads, ad budget sizes, and so there's other techniques and things that you got to do. The quick answer, and we can dive into it a little bit more later on if you want, but the quick answer is you want to have a lot of small campaigns, not mm. one big monster campaign. Mm. With that said, you know just a few other things. The the number three, uh, I think it would go between YouTube ads. YouTube ads is hot. Hot, mm. hot, hot right mm. now. If anybody's getting a little tired of – because Facebook, the costs are rising. Mm. The competition is huge. The rules are getting a little hard to deal with. And if you're feeling that pressure and you're looking for something else, YouTube ads is ready and waiting, and it's it's gorgeous. It's a really, really hot <laughs> opportunity right now. I don't believe that will be the same a year, two years from now, because I think a lot of people are making that move right now. And like, there'll be something else uh, a year from now. And then lastly, native ads, native ads are really strong right now for anybody who has the mass market type of stuff, you know, the, the dating mm. offers, the health, fitness, financial offers, but it's not good for somebody with like a niche, niche thing, niche stuff. You want to be in YouTube, Facebook ads. But I mean, if you wanted to like, I just want to learn one, Google. Google is the safe bet. If you just want to learn one and you want to be able to take one from $5 a day to I've taken it all the way to $65,000 a day. So Google's there to, you know, be with you your whole career. If you just want to learn one, one spot, that's the snapshot. Now I remember back in the day, Kim McCarthy uh, had did an interview and it was like the internet marketing rollout method. And it was like, how did it go? It was like you get your Google dis- uh, search ad going and you dial that in so you got like your headline and kind of your intro copy and then you go with a banner ad and then you start doing media buys on websites. Is that kind of the same thing? Like you said, if you were to focus on one thing, start on Google, is that because just because Google's most scalable? Is it also because you can take what's working on Google and transfer it to other channels? You know, I didn't know about that, but that's very similar to what I'm teaching people today. So, yeah, there is a a version of that that still exists. I teach them to get their branded search ad. So search ads that are running on any of your own keywords, like for me, it would be Justin Brooke and ad skills and bulletproof YouTube ads, you know, product names, your name, business name, and then retargeting on Facebook and then like this banner ads and stuff. And so the reason for that is everything you, all of advertising, it's not, it's not as linear as it used to be. We, you know, we're used to, and uh, where people see an ad, click an ad, read a sales letter, and then they buy something. Well, today it's more circular. You know, they see an ad, they go and do some searches and reviews and then they go on Facebook and ask their friends and then they go and look for some coupons to see if there's any coupons. And then they finally come back to the site. And so you want to have that search ad out there first, because everything you do, all your social media, all your vlogging, blogging, podcast ads are going to like drop people off over at Google. And you want to have a nice controllable device to bring them in where you want to. And then the retargeting, same thing, you know, some people, they're going to come to your website, but you know, today we're on multiple devices, you know, Mm -hmm. so I might see you on my phone, but then I'm like, you know, I don't want to buy right here. I don't have my wallet in my pocket. Later on, I see a retargeting ad. I'm at my desktop computer with my wallet next to me. It's like, oh, okay, now I can buy. You know, or I'm I'm by the TV now, and I can finally talk to my wife and get permission to yeah. to purchase the thing. <laughs> so that's why retargeting, and then finally you got to have your discovery thing. You know, and that, so that's where the the banner ads, or I teach people to have a piece of content, uh, a really valuable piece of content, and then that content is going to lead them to wherever you want them to go. But you know, and, and for like as little as five dollars a day, because you get them on that piece of content. And then later on, they're going to see your retargeting ads, and then they're going to Google you and see your Google ads. 
Mm. So I like that. It's, it's a system that we've used, you know, and taught all of our students, and it, it's very forgiving. You know, you can make a lot of mistakes and still be successful with that little triumvirate system. I love this. I love this. So you're saying, and this is, I've heard of like the dollar a day Facebook ad strategy, and you're just basically saying, do that. You're saying $5 a day, put your best content out there for people, have a call to action, but don't worry so much about if it works or not because what you're really trying to do is just build a retargeting list. And like you said, you're starting off with optimizing your remarketing ads and your branded keyword search ads for your product name, your name, the business's name. Because you got like you got to be able to convert those people, right? Before you can like almost like a bullseye. If you're doing archery, you got to be able to make the the center of the bullseye work before you can start expanding out the other ring. Is that accurate? Would you agree? Well, or? it's a little bit more of those are like a fail safe, like a net, you know, like a trapeze artist net, mm. you know, in case you fall. Like those are there to catch the visitors that fall. And the other thing about those is they're not really going to spend any money, you know, because until people are searching for you you know, you won't actually spend a dollar. So right, if nobody's right. searching for your product name yet, then <laughs> you're not going to spend any money. And then the same thing with the retargeting. If you're not getting anybody to your pages, it's not, there's nobody to retarget. So you're not mm-hmm. going to spend any money. So that's why it's great to set those up first, because then when you start doing, you know, look, mine is $5, Dennis, you, he's got the dollar a day. I love mm-hmm. Dennis, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, the reason why we're using those low budgets is one, because it's very safe and, mm-hmm. and scalable. Also, the algorithms today are trying to to do the best for you at the smaller budgets, you know, cause they're trying to attract all the mom and pops because they already have the Coca-Colas and Tylenols. Like digital marketing has been around for 15, 20 years. Now yeah. everybody's already got the big advertisers. Now they're trying to get all the, the little guys, you know? And so mm-hmm. their algorithms are really trying to do well with the small budgets. And so that's why we have the dollar a day, $5 a day methods because you can do very well and then you can inch it up, inch it up. Got it. So when people are starting, you already said that you already kind of gave our prescript your prescription that when you're starting, start with Google, mm-hmm. learn Google, set up branded search ads first for your product name, opponent business owner name, all that. You're retargeting. Now, what are the group biggest newbie mistakes that you see people making? Like they heard this prescription from you, they're like, Okay, Justin, I'm gonna go do it. What are kind of the top handful of pitfalls these people are running into? You know, the biggest thing that I would t- you know is everybody's like I want, I want it all. You know, they want, they want all the traffic, they, all the customers, you know, it's like very noble of you to want that. But uh, maybe if you've never run ads before, maybe you want like five customers first, right. you know, and then you can get, then you can get 10 customers. And so what that ends up looking like is they hear about Google ads and they go and they add all the keywords, every possible keyword that they think <laughs> might you know lead right. into. And then they think of some reach keywords. Well, you know, I know my people like basketball, so maybe I can add some basketball <laughs> keywords in there too. And I know they own a dog and yeah. their dog may have been a puppy too. So maybe we can add some puppy training. You know, they, they just start adding all these keywords. And then the same thing goes on in, on Instagram and Facebook. They're like, hmm, I heard interests are good. Well, I know my people are interested in salad and, you know, I mean, everybody eats, right? So I'm going to put steak in there and everybody goes to Walmart. So, yeah, I'm going to add the Walmart interest in there. And, you know, and they just that's what it looks like is they they put their whole budget in. And they put all the keywords in and they and they try to make this like one big campaign, but they don't really have any skills in it or any experience. So it's more like they just created the the most expensive one arm bandit slot machine kind of thing. And uh, it's like <laughs> they only get that. Yeah, they get that one pull, you know, and, yeah. and if it doesn't work, then they're like, oh, see, paid traffic doesn't work. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's the big mistake. Got it. So it's way better to just, like you said, spread it out, test small. That's from uh, Claude Hopkins' Scientific Advertising. Let the thousands tell you what the millions will do. Test small and scale big fast, you know, type of things. Absolutely. Very small campaigns in the beginning. You know, you if you had $1,000, I would tell you to break that up into five budgets. So now you have, a, you know, five $200 budgets. And with that first $200 budget, I'm going to tell you to create like – 10 to 20 $5 a day campaigns 
Mm. targeting different things. So you can still target all those things, Mm -hmm. but target them individually because you don't know which of those are going to work. My very first Google ad campaign, I had 900 keywords in there. So I know (laughs) I did it. I did what everybody, (laughs) uh, I had nine. So there was 900 keywords in this thing. And by the time I was, you know, like three months later, optimizing and all that stuff, there was actually only nine keywords Mm -hmm. in there that actually led to any sales at all. Wow. So, you know, you want to have those key. I wouldn't have found the nine if I hadn't targeted so many. And 900 is a bit excessive. So nobody has to do 900. But, you know, if you want to do 20, 50, separate them out. So that way you can see which ones are actually generating sales. And that's what that first $200 is all about is getting. It's really like gold mining. When you're gold mining, you have to get rid of all the dirt first. Right, right. To get down right. to the gold. Same yeah. thing with advertising is you have to get rid of all the dirt. So you, you spend on all the different keywords and targets. So that way you can scrape away all the ones that don't work. And then you leave on the ones that do. And now you bring in that second round of 200 bucks and you reinforce and you reinforce. And, you, and that's how you scale up. So I love this because – so in the beginning, you're starting with that. And I on our last call, I think I brought up – when I had my martial arts school, I did – I did like a matrix of like 11 different hooks and five targets and kind of had 50, you know, I don't, I didn't make all 55 ads, but I, I think I did something like 30 or something, those combos. And I, you know, and the best one that worked was free fighter fitness and skill assessment, you know, plus a 33, plus a free 30 day trial if you qualify. And that, that worked like 1100% better than the number two, which worked like 800% better than number three. And you brought up the five by three by two. You said the five by three by two, which was like, Testing, I think it was five different targets with three different hooks on two different offers. Was that, is that it? Pages, pages. I usually just refer to it by the five by three, but yeah, it is technically five by three by two. So it's five interest segments of the market, you know, or five keywords, uh, whatever you want to call it. And then three different ads. And then it all goes to two different landing pages. And that way you can learn a lot with mm. that. You know, and, and I tell people like the five by three by two isn't very you know, stringent. You can do seven by four by three or, you know, right. like it's really just a framework to make sure you're testing a lot right. so that that first budget, you learn what works. It's like going to the grocery store and buying from, you know, buying the, the right data. And then once you have that right data, now you have the golden goose. Yep. And so when you're saying that you're reinforcing, so we got these five budgets of 200 bucks. The first one, you're right, you're doing a $5 a day, you're doing the five by three by two or whatever you decide to do, 10 to 20 different small campaigns to test different things. You, you go through, mm-hmm. when you don't have any sales, what are you optimizing for? Are you optimizing for impressions? you optimizing for clicks? Is there a, a method, methodology for that? Is it platform specific? I feel like I know the answer, but I'm asking anyways. It's a little platform specific, but... I would be giving the least amount of wrong advice if I told everyone to just go with the conversion objective. Mm-hmm. The problem with the conversion objective, I'm going to get a little techie on you guys, but bear with me, strap in your seatbelts. All right. <laughs> the problem with the conversion objective is listen, we're all dealing with algorithms today. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing to understand. We're not dealing with humans and, and things like that. We're really bidding to the algorithm. And so the algorithm needs data points to algorize, you know, to, mm-hmm, to, to understand what to, what to do with anything, right? And so in the beginning, if your data point that you're sending over, your signal that you're firing is a conversion, but you're only getting one every other day, it's hard for the algorithm to optimize anything. Right, And you should see, I'm, I'm waving my hands around in a circle when I say I can't optimize anything. <laughs> so you might want to bring down, we call it, um, you know, bringing, you know, going upstream or downstream. People call it different things, but you want to move your conversion. Instead of it being a sale, maybe you talk with your tech guy. It's, you know, I'm not going to explain how to do this on here because, you know, it'd be a nightmare. But, you know, tell your tech guy that you want to make your conversion event with the pixel to be your add to cart. Okay. So people that are clicking the order button rather than buying. And the reason you would do this is that action directly correlates with the sale. 
right. you were to get more add to carts, more order button clicks, you would get more sales. Okay. So moving it upstream a little bit allows you to fire more signals over to the algorithm quicker, letting the algorithm tra- get trained and get smart you know, faster so that it can start driving more sales for you. Got it. And that's really the name of the game today. Is it's all about training these pixels that all the ad networks give you. I, you know, I create a new account for every product these days. You know, that way I can really train that pixel and the algorithm to get me exactly what I want. Got it. Now, do you use? You mentioned with Google. Do you use? This is. I, I, I don't know if this is advanced or not, but I've heard about this smart display campaigns that pay for conversions. Does that exist? Is that real? Does that work? Do you start off with that? Is that what is that? Yeah, it's real and it definitely works. It is not magic, you know. It is not like you just turn it on and hey, whoa, we're good. It's a little bit more like you. Go ahead. Can you explain what that is for the listeners? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's a smart, yeah, Google Smart Display Campaign is, is a phenomenal thing to learn about. It's it is really good. It is a great tool uh, to for somebody who doesn't really know how to do a lot with ads. It's a, it's one thing to learn that's not too hard to learn, um, and I'll explain more about it. But it's also very very scalable. I mean, I'm, this is one of those ones that I used when I went to sixty five thousand dollars a day, and that was profitable. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So, it, you know, and you can start something like this very cheap and then get to that kind of result. So what it is, is instead of you doing all the testing, you know, you, you like, you know, the, the, a good advertiser, a pro would test a lot of headlines, a lot of images, uh, you know, night and day, different times. Instead, Google's going to do all that for you. And so when you start a smart display campaign, it's going to ask you to load up a bunch of headlines, load up a bunch of images, and then it's going to go to work. Now, here's the thing. It has to run for 14 days untouched. Mm. Mm. So that's where some people don't have the stomach, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you do, so what Google's going to do is it's going to test it a bajillion different ways. I mean, more than you could possibly ever do. And it's going to do it at the speed of electricity. I've heard they're even testing like moon phases, you know, I mean, they (laughs) test everything. So uh, they're going to run it through their, you know, their dryer, their tumbler for, for 14 days. And they're going to find out exactly what works and then from there, you can start scaling it up. You're still going to pay per click until 100 conversions. Okay. Once you have 100 conversions, they're going to allow you to start paying what's called a, a target CPA, which means you're still going to actually pay per click, but we're going to try and get you within this cost per sale. Mm, you know, okay, So they can yeah. get you within your goal, but that's called target CPA. Then after another hundred conversions, if things are going well, you they will unlock something. I forget exactly what it's called. Uh, they you know they change little variations of the dashboard, uh, but they, it's actual CPA. And this is where like Google becomes your super affiliate, and you're paying mm-hmm. just per sale, uh, not per click. And they and this is you know Perry Marshall calls it the jet stream. It's also called display campaign optimizer. It's when the full might of all the billions of dollars Google has spent on machine learning and data is going to go to work for you. Wow. So is that something you recommend beginners? Like why doesn't everybody use that? Is there, is there people that it's more appropriate for than others or? So why doesn't everybody use that? It's, it's a little techie. You know, it's not very, you know, when you open up the Google dashboard, it's like sitting in the pilot's cockpit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of buttons in there and, you know, it's not instantly apparent which button is the smart display campaign button. <laughs> um, so, and sometimes there can be little tricky check boxes and things like that, that if you click the wrong one, you know, now you're not, you know, optimizing the right mm-hmm. way. And so mm-hmm. it, there's a little, there's a learning barrier there Mm -hmm. and that's what i mean by if you're willing to do the learning this is one that the juice is really worth the squeeze and then the other thing is is they got to do that 14 day thing 
You is know, it, and not everybody like can unlimited budget for them. Like that's that 14 day thing. That's the part. I remember I took a look at it and that was the reason I, I it was like shiny object. I was like, Ooh, smart display. You know, I wasn't focused on that at the time, but that was the part that got me was when it, it gave a notice that, you know, you have to get X amount of conversions before you can do cost per action. But I didn't know what the but like what does that mean? Does that mean you're you're basically giving them a blank check or you're setting a daily limit? Is what do you know about that? You can set a daily limit. This one, I don't know that five dollars a day is gonna be <laughs> yeah. you, Google can't do much with five dollars a day, you know. Right. So I would say, you know, I would tell people it, you know, a hundred dollars a day. It okay. would be the floor okay. on this one. But the, you know, you're making a fourteen hundred dollar investment towards making a million dollars. Okay. And, and, and I would say you have a pretty reliable shot at the million dollars uh, when it comes to this one. Um, mm. If you have a good offer. So if you have a good offer that you know is selling in other places. Now, if you, if you're bringing a brand new product to market, don't do this. Mm. This is not the, this is not the thing for you. There's other things, you know, do the dollar a day campaign. If it's a new thing. However, if you have something that's established you know that it sells. You got a fourteen hundred dollar or two thousand dollar budget, and you want to get the most squeeze out of it. This is a very, very good thing for you to learn or to hire an agency to do for you. Like if you just tell them, "I just want you to set up a smart display campaign for me, and I want that to run," it can go very, very well. Now, here's the one caveat: it can. It's like a bullet train. Okay, it's it's very good once it gets going, but sometimes it can get off track a little bit. So one time when I was doing this with a client, uh, we were scaling, scaling, and as you're scaling, it has to it has to get more inventory. It has to broaden its scope. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So as it's broadening its scope, you know, it's got to buy more targets, more more people, more eyeballs. Right. It kind of veered off. It veered off into coupon land. <laughs> and coupon land for the right offers, they can work really, really well. However, for you know the offers my client was running, coupon land was all of a sudden he's like, dude, you know, and we're driving you know ten thousand plus leads a day. He's and all of a sudden the open rates just start tanking. They're just horrible. You know, it's going bad. He's like, I don't know what happened recently. But, you know, the, the leads we're getting all of a sudden are really, really bad. We either got to turn this off or we got to figure it out. And so when I went into the campaign and I started looking at what Google was targeting with the smart display campaign, it had added in all these coupon sites. Mm. And so if I wasn't watching, you, you still need a human there to kind of be measuring and making, you know, to verify what Google is doing. Um, and if I wasn't, then I would have got a, a really bad result, but we were watching it. And so within two days I was able to go in there. I was able to assess, oh, okay, it's all these coupon sites that don't match everything else we're doing. Let's tell Google to stop that. And then it got right back on the right rails. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that could have been a dangerous, because once you get to that level, like it's great because you're making money, but you can also lose a lot of money really quickly if you're not watching it. So I think that's a really good lesson there. Right. So going back to the people, because I like you said, at $100 a day, that does cut out a lot of people for getting started. But it sounds like if they can afford you know, a couple thousand dollars and they've got a proven offer, this is definitely something to look into. But for those people that are at the bottom just trying to get started, what, how do they troubleshoot their campaigns? They're doing the you – know, they got the thousand bucks. They divide it into five groups. They did the initial testing. They're reinforcing it. They're they're trying to optimize for conversion objectives or add to cart button or the nearest thing to that if they can. What are the other ways that those kinds of campaigns go wrong? Like, what do you do? I mean, I I love I forget what it was, but you used to talk about how people always I forget how you used to say it, but you used to talk about how you know people are always waiting for the perfect campaign where you're just looking to take the shitty campaigns and make them better. It was something like that. It was like the, absolutely. It was like it was absolutely. like you expect campaigns to not work. And so how does that methodology? Yeah, they do. You know, I mean, I've been doing this 15 years. I've run over 5,000 campaigns. I've spent tens of millions of dollars. And I can still count on one hand the amount of times that I had a first-time winner, you know. (laughs) So it it just doesn't happen. And and so you've got to learn how to fix campaigns. And, you know, the way – and I kind of learned this way of thinking from my father, who's a mechanic. You know, the the guy would come to the shop and say, hey, my car don't work. 
that's the macro goal. We got to get the car to work again. Mm-hmm. But what part of the car is not working then becomes the problem. You know, there's a lot of micro issues going on mm-hmm. that affect the macro issue. So when you look at the ad campaign, sales is the macro goal. We got to get sales. Okay. Well, beneath the sale are all these micro things like the impression, the click, the time on page, the conversion rate. You know, do we need to increase our earnings per sale? You know, there's a lot of little micro events that happen, just like I was talking about before with the, the add to carts leading to the sale. Well, sometimes, and I would say that if you haven't measured it, when I've done this in the past, almost everyone that's never measured their aban- their cart abandonment rate, mm-hmm. it's usually at a disgusting 70% or higher. Mm. 80, you know, for every person clicking your order button, eight of them are leaving without ever buying. Mm. You know, so you Which get a ton ten, of money on the table. Ten, a ton of money on the table. So that's usually one of the first things that I look at. I look at I look at page load speed, the two biggest needle movers. Okay, that's the first thing that I go to look at. You know, like my dad, he goes and you know he checks the alternator and the oil, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. Um, <laughs> but you know, when I'm going under and I'm looking, I look at page load speed and I look at cart abandonment rate because those are the two biggest needle movers. And if I see that your pages are loading it seven plus seconds, I know that right there is a big opportunity where I might not even have to change anything in the ad, but I can just chop that page load speed in half by doing a few optimizations, you know, image size and, you know, moving the code around and stuff like that. I chop that load speed in half. All of a sudden, now you're getting enough sales Mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. the clicks that you're getting. Or I go and look at your cart abandonment rate and I see that you have you know, on 80% plus people. So for every 10 clicks on the order button, eight of them are leaving. So I start working that down using some retargeting, using some email marketing, using some best practices and things like that. And so now we get it to only six are leaving. And that's usually about as good as you can get it. You know, 50 to 60% card abandonment rate is, is really, really good. And so you get that down while you're getting the page load speed down. Now, all of a sudden the, the campaigns are working or we test a bunch of different things. So that's what I, you, you got to understand all the micro conversions. And so what I teach people to do is, you know, on a piece of paper, you know, write sale at the top and then write every little tiny step that needs to happen to get to the sale and and you don't know which one of them is not working. So you got to check them all. You know, when, mm. when somebody brings a car, when somebody brings a car into my dad, he's so good now that literally if something's wrong with my car, he'll be like, all right, go hold the phone over by the, the left side. And I'll, and I'll do that. And he's like, okay, it's this problem. You know, he can hear it over the phone. You know, it's, mm. uh, but you know, until you're that good, what you got to do is you got to check every little step. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you got to look at your impressions. Are you getting? uh, Is the ad network sending you enough impressions? Okay, they are. Okay, well, from there, from the impression is a click. You know, Mm -hmm. are you getting enough clicks per impression? That's your click-through rate. You know, and so you start walking up this ladder of micro conversions until you find the spot that is the is the issue. It's usually pretty glaring. You Mm -hmm. you will see like, oh, this number looks good. This number. Oh, there it is. Mm. That's the number that doesn't match all the other numbers. Okay, that's mm. the spot we got to fix. You fix that, all of a sudden you get sales. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you want to keep a steady flow. You don't keep – this is the, the part I think it's important for people to understand is you should be using your paid ad budget almost like you would if you had hired a sales rep. This is, again, from scientific advertising where if you hired a sales rep, you wouldn't expect him to go out and start making sales on his first day. You'd expect him to go out and try to make sales on his first day, but you would be very understanding if it took a few weeks for them to finally get a sale and understand the product and the questions and all that sort of stuff. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying here, that you'd rather have someone spend $5 a day instead of 100 bucks in two days and with $5 a day, start looking at these metrics and rever- basically reverse engineer it, beginning at the order form, you know, and the, the moment of the collecting the cash, 
take a look and if you're not getting sales, are people getting to that point? And if they are, is it loading fast enough? Is it taking 15 seconds to load? You know, uh, and are the, why are they abandoning? And then reverse engineer back up to the where they initially see the ad and optimize that way. But the whole method way through, you got to keep like eyeballs got to be sacrificed, right? Like you just got to keep the machine yep. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thousand percent, man. That is, that is why we tell people to use these lower ad budgets. It's one, the algorithms today are favoring them. And then two, you got to be able to remove your emotion from it. And you got to know that it's not going to work right away and that you're going to have to work on it a little bit. Look, we're, you know, advertising isn't magic. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not a luck. It's not a lottery. It's not magic. It's a trade just like anyone else. You know, I run a trade school mm-hmm. for digital advertisers and, mm-hmm. and we train them up and we learn, we teach them how to look at the micro conversions and, and work on a campaign just like a mechanic works on a car. And so you can do these same things if you understand the micro conversions and, and just get under there and start tweaking things, uh, you will get to the result. Mm-hmm. And paid advertising is a very worthy tra- to learn in business. I've been fortunate enough to be a part of campaigns that were doing millions in sales. I was typically there in the beginning, but once the budgets got to a certain level, it was well beyond my understanding. I, I knew principles, but I wasn't, I wasn't so well there versed. people that are now starting hedge funds for advertising. I don't, I don't fully understand it. You know, I'm not, you know, in the <laughs> financial world, I've done a lot for clients, you know, and I try, but I'm, but basically you know, for many years, and I've known this, you know, that's why I put my money in advertising campaigns, but the, the advertising campaign ROI is generally way more than the market. You know, I mean, yeah. the market's trying to get 4% to 12%. Yeah. I crush, I crush yeah. 20%, 40% <laughs> all oh, day yeah. long. Yeah. And so, and so guys are creating hedge funds where investors are pouring money into big giant media buying campaigns. Yeah. That makes sense. I always said that. I always remember when I had, you know, I remember when I had my little martial arts school and I was doing the paid ads at the time. My buddy was like, oh, you should buy some, uh, maybe he was right. I don't know. But he's like, you got to get into crypto and you should buy stock. I was like, forget that. Like, what's the ROI on that? Like, especially he's like, you need to get some index funds. I'm like, what, like you said, like, what's the ROI on that? Like 3%, 5%. Like, you know, like for me, I'd spend a couple hundred bucks. Like it gave me a license to print money essentially because, and I wanted to actually ask about this. This is kind of my next question. I was going to ask phone versus page. I took what I learned with my online marketing and I figured out who we were targeting and I could get so much. I was a geographic local based business. So there was only so much traffic per month. I did a lot with like SEO and that. I think I took like my web visits from like 50 visits a month to over a thousand visits a month. But I realized that only about a hundred people were in my city. So I was having like 900 plus people come to my site and I had nothing to sell them. And the other part was the same thing when it comes to like online marketing, I was really restricted. This is now, this is like 12 years ago or 10 years ago now. But I was still really restricted, right? Like there was just only so many people searching. But if we went down to the university, because university men, UFC was blowing up at the time. University age males were like – like they were just my ideal target. And this whole free fighter fitness and skill assessment, it was like crack. I would just go down to campus or send some of my instructors to wear the T-shirt, have a clipboard. And we'd simply say, hey, do you like MMA, yes or no? And they, if they said yes, we would just say, Are, would you be interested in a free fighter fitness and skill assessment? You could possibly qualify for a free 30-day trial. It was like printing money, man. I would collect 80, 100 plus leads in an hour, not even. And then, you know, like that's like, that's going to be the next six weeks of trying to get these 120 people to, you know, to come through the door. So turning that into my next question, do you ever recommend, like, do you always say, like we talked about the five by three by two, do you recommend people make pages or do you recommend people get on the phone first or does it not matter? How does, how do those, how does, do those change the game at all? Driving to a phone versus so, driving to a page. I think in the beginning, you want to just worry about the page, and then you want to add in the phone because you're you're always going to make more money. There's only so much digital marketing can do. Like it's it's great, it's phenomenal. It can take you far, you know. It can take you to eight figures. Okay, so it, it can mm. take you far, far. But almost every nine figure billion dollar company. Or if you want to get to the eight-figure level, seven-figure level faster, they're adding in the phone. You know, they're adding in offline components. You know, it could be the phone. It could be direct mail. When you start, uh, you know, adding in more than just the digital, 
you're going to get a much higher uh, average order value, customer value, which is going to allow you to scale up that digital marketing. You know, the, mm. the best play in the world right now is getting your leads online and quickly taking them offline to the mm. phone and to direct mail. Yeah, that's why I asked because I, I, a lot of my past and present clients, a lot of them are starting to build phone teams. And I know that when I was working with John and we did it a couple of million, you know, we, we get basically like a 30% bump off anything, any campaign we were running if we had phone reps that were available. But I was just curious about yeah. that. Like, how do you get your copy dialed in? Because I know a lot of people I've talked to recently, like even in the last month, there's like four or five people that I've talked to them. They're like, oh, I'm pushing traffic and, you know, but I'm just looking at, you know, heat maps and scratching my head <laughs> trying to figure out why they're not buying. Like I'm looking at Google analytic data and heat maps trying to, and like, that's it. So I was trying to like, how do you figure out what to say on the page? I'm not trying to start a conversation. What... But, yeah, I'm not trying to start a conversation on copywriting, but that was um, mm -hmm. like that. Like, is there a, a basic template or structure you recommend? Like, is are all sales pages kind of a simple standard formula? Is there a, a layout that you recommend? Does it really depend on the product or service? Or there is a basic formula, you know, and, and there's every copywriters will argue this you know, to the end of the days, you know, uh, which formula is best, but there is a tried and true formula that I use. It's, you know, it's been around for over 3000 years. You know, I forget if it was Aristotle or Socrates that originally created it, but it's, it stood the test of time and it works. There are a lot of others that may work better, but this one works and it's problem agitate solution. Mm. So you start you know, at the top of the page, you know, very clearly don't get cute don't get clever don't try to make jokes don't try to you know just be very bluntly clear about what problem you are discussing and then start talking about all the other little problems that come up because of that problem mm -hmm. you know like so you know you may have the problem of oh being overweight but that creates you know your pain in your knees and you can't breathe and then you have embarrassment and you have mental, you know, mental talk. And, you know, so you start agitating the problem and then you start going into the solution. So that's the, the basic format of every sales pitch that's ever existed in the world. Uh, you can look at any infomercial and kind of break it down to problem agitate solution. And so, but then beyond that, you know, there's a great book called cash advertising hmm. and uh, it's a very, it's a very short book. But it's full of a lot of really good information. It's not something – I mean you may be able to read it cover to cover, but it's more of like something you pick up every once in a while for some ideas. Mm -hmm. And what I got out of it is when I test my three ads, you know, going back to the five by three by two, mm -hmm. you know, I always – my three ads, one of them is an angle that's uh, taking them towards pleasure. You know, so the messaging is taking them towards pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, another angle is taking them away from pain. So, you know, one angle could be here's how you could get rich or build wealth. The other angle is here's how you can save money every year. So that's towards pleasure and away from pain. Mm -hmm. And then another one is co is controversy, saying something that's very contrarian to what everybody else is saying. Mm. Uh, Glenn Livingston calls it, it the voice of contrarian reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so you want to have those different. You you don't know what you know the market resonates with. You know what what is their buying trigger? Are they you know like the internet marketing at whole is a towards pleasure? Mm -hmm. They want that. They want to make a million dollars. You know mm -hmm. where the masses want to save five hundred dollars a month. Mm, you know, mm. and so you you have to understand which angle you know drives your market, and that's why you test them. There's also like you know one of my ads uh, for a year you know, for a long time I was running the ad, you know it was flipping websites for profit. You know mm -hmm. how to you know just like real estate but digitally online, and I, my angle was you know how to make a lot of money flipping websites. You know, how to, how to flip websites for like $50,000 or more. And I did all right. I made some sales. Uh, but as I optimized, one of the angles that I tested was how to flip a site this weekend. And that mm. killed it. Killed mm. it. People will much rat more people, I should say. There is a market for people who want to flip a website for $50,000. But there is a massive market for people who want to flip a website for just $500 this weekend. 
Right, 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 right. Yeah, I love that. I think that's just a, in any market. Uh, it seems to be the largest group is always the beginners. Like I remember coming from martial arts background. You go to a tournament and there'd be like a thousand white belts and five hundred blue belts and two hundred purple belts and thirty brown belts and like two black belts. And that's like that's the competition. You know, you'd have a whole country together, right. and that's how it would break down. So uh, that makes a ton of sense. And so you can either go, you can either go high ticket offer to the few to the black belts. Or you could go low ticket offer to the broad, to the many. Both strategies work. You just got to, you know, and, and really, if you're smart, you do both. That's what we're now doing in ad skills. We started, ad skills was, uh, I, and I knew because everybody else was going after the beginners, I went after all the advanced. That's mm. how we built up 11,000 customers is I, I was the only guy addressing the advanced people. And now that we have our stable base of customers, I've, I've got my beginner offer that I'm scaling out. So mm. do both, but maybe figure out, you know, is, you know, it, will you have an easier route into market going advanced or will you have an easier route going beginner? You never know. So think yeah. about that strategy. That's a, you know, and it's funny. It's, it's like you read my mind pulling that up because when we were talking about this, um, that's what, when I said about newbies, you reminded me of a client I had years ago, Canada, he had a moving company, Frank, the mover, and they're still around today. And they're like the high end moving company. And I was working with him and he had like maxed out his, like what he felt was again, geographically based business. Only so many people are moving per month. And we came up with the idea of him opening up a low ticket, which is move for less. And so in the same city, there's two sets of ads. But if you call one phone number, it goes to one phone, landline. I mean, this is kind of early days of the internet. If you call the other number, it goes to the same, same secretary, same receptionist, same office, same everything. But if you order through Frank the Mover, then they wear the Frank the Mover shirts. They got the Frank the Mover truck with the logo on it, the spreadsheet or the forms with the Frank the Mover logo. If you move for less, you get the trucks that are just white, nothing. They're wearing white shirts and you're getting blank forms, you know, and it's like, and of course the service is different as well, but he decided to compete with himself in that respect. And that, that actually just speaks to what right. you just said. That's definitely worth, that's really, really smart. That's highly, yeah, not... That's that's a that's an advance. That's the big nugget for some of these people listening. Once you get established, you feel like you've saturated your market. That's huge. Justin, where do you think the future of this is going? What do people need to be aware of? Like, what's what are the you know what's on the horizon? Where are we going to be talking about in three or five years from now? Is it going to be chatbots? Is it going to be AI? Is it going to be that? Uh, what is it? I forget privatized or what is it? Uh, I forget to like people are owning their digital data more. Like what's, where do you see mm -hmm. things in three to five years from now? So three to five years is, is still a little short. You know, it's it, definitely in the three year range. It's, it's up for grabs. What, what could happen, but I mean, you can take a look at the track yeah, that the internet and all internet advertising has been going on and it's getting more and more complicated. You know, or I should say sophisticated, not complicated. And it's just maturing. You know, I mean, look, the Internet is almost uh, 20 years old now. So it's starting to become uh, an adult and doing adult things. You know, uh, it, it's not just the old days where you, you used to call up a website and say, hey, can I advertise on there? And okay, here's my ads. You know, run them. I'll give you a thousand bucks. You know, that was the old days. In the new days, uh, you're logging into. They call it programmatic. You're logging into a software, and the software is crunching all the bits of data and and doing auctions at the speed of uh, electricity. And so we're moving more and more towards that. And so if you want to be competitive going forward, you either have to hire someone who is going to be good at that and is going to be learning that. They call it a technical marketer. There is a creative marketer, which is what we've all known as, the guy who writes the headlines and he knows that the, this color scheme is better than that color scheme, you know, and he knows how to design things, the creative marketer. Well, now we have a technical marketer and the technical marketer understands what event triggers are he understands um you know all the pixels and the algorithms and all how all that stuff works and so you need to have a creative marketer just like you always did but now you need to start hiring a technical marketer and that technical marketer is going to help you understand all the data, how to feed it back into that's a big thing right now is feeding data to the ad networks. Instead of just trying to get data from 
the ad networks. You want to be feeding data to the ad networks. They want to, you know, because what they're, because of all the privacy issues that are going on today with people not wanting to be targeted and, um, mm-hmm. you know, being known what's being targeted, the, the ad networks want to make it a black box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they can't right away because that would be a big jerk to the advertising industry. You know, all of a sudden if they turned around and tomorrow it's a black box, the advertising industry would revolt. But how do you do that? Well, it's the same way you cook a frog. You slowly start turning up the heat. Uh, So, you know, that's what they're doing is they're slowly starting to take away interests and categories. And, And so I believe in the future, maybe five plus years, you won't be able to target anything. You'll just have your data and then you run the ads, just kind of like smart display. They will let you load everything in, and then they will look at your conversion data, and they will they will pick what you're targeting and what you're not targeting. And so you're going to need to be very good at making sure you're giving them good, clean data so that you get the result you want back out of the machine. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. So, and that is that something that's at risk of being replaced by AI, or is that something you think will always need a human touch? I think for a long time, AI. You know, there is no AI. If you really, that's a whole other podcast. There's just machine learning. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of if the if then. Mm-hmm. You know, they've just strung together a bunch of if then sequences, and that's what they call AI today. But uh, for a long time, you know, at least the next ten years. That's it. you know it's just machine learning that's getting better because there's mm. more data that's been given to it and so it's going to start looking smart but right now it's very dumb I mean it basically it's a car crashing into the wall eighty thousand times until it finds the one hole that it can go through without crashing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right. that's the level of intelligence we're at right now but we're able to give it a billion you know tests within a week now yeah. so we're able to tr- we're able to train it very fast even though it's a, still a brute force kind of training and so that's going to continue to go but it's just going to get smarter because it'll be more and more trained for the next 10 years and then te- after 10 years then we start coming into where you might not need a human anymore watching over these things because it's just going to be trained so well on so many different things mm. Mm. So in the meantime, between now and then, as like you said, a tradesman, a paid expert is world class at what you do. What are some of the daily habits or rituals, routines that a person needs to keep? You know, I, I think you should start, um, you know, start learning, you know, what an algorithm is. You know, I'm not saying you need to start learning how to do an algorithm or anything like that, but, you know, start getting into the vocabulary of, you know, what is a, a tag manager? What is an event trigger versus a conversion? You know, what actually is a pixel? How do they make a pixel? How does it work? You know, you need to start understanding these things because this is the way we're going forward. You know, I mean, just like we used to need to understand, you know, uh, the Zignaric effect or, you know, headlines and, you know, these different copywriting type of terms, you know, we, we learned direct response. Well, if you want to stay in direct response uh, going forward, you need to start learning these new vocabularies and how these things work. And if you, if you at least just get a high level understanding of how it works, then you'll have a much better chance of hiring the right guy, because then you'll know, if they actually know what they're mm. talking about. Mm, mm, mm. And so that's what I think is the most important, you know, you know, just start following some blogs, maybe pick up a beginner's book on algorithms, you know, and just start absorbing yourself into what this is. Uh, I usually call it brute force learning where I just keep like watching YouTubes and reading books and I don't really understand what I'm reading yet, but I know that mm-hmm. every, you know, every day I pick up another word or two and, you know, within two weeks, within a month, all of a sudden I can speak the, you know, I can talk yeah. the talk. Yeah. Actually, I did that with Breakthrough Advertising, Eugene Schwartz's book. I remember the first time I read it, I was probably high or something. I'm from Canada. So, <laughs> but I, you know, I remember the first time reading it, it was just, it took, I'd have to like read three pages and I'd just be like, whoa, like my head would hurt. Like, oh my, but now I've read the thing 17 times, you know, and it's, I just love how you call it like the brute force. Like I'm going to be good at this. I'm going to master this. 
Speaking of that, what are the type of people that do the best in your program? Like ad skills, who is it really for? And what is the profile of someone who is the most successful with it? Not just with doing like getting a great score in the course, but actually going on and doing really well afterwards, either in a career or with their own company or agency. So the most established version of ad skills is the one uh, going to the advanced person. You know, the the new one where we're, you know, helping people that have never seen a Google ad before, you know, that's, it's new. We launched that literally this month. So that's, we still need a lot of time to, to optimize that, to make that better, you know, push people through it. And um, so the, where we have the most success and the most like programs designed to get them success and su- train support people and all that is the advanced part. So somebody who already has an ad agency, but wants to become the best, wants to become the go-to guy. You know, we've got people in there that are spending millions of dollars on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on, you know, all these other ad networks. I mean, you could, you know, it's a dime a dozen for somebody who spent a million dollars on Facebook today. Mm -hmm. Right. But when it comes to LinkedIn ads, Snapchat ads, pretty soon there's going to be TikTok ads, there's Reddit ads. If you want to learn all these other ad networks, we got the guys. I mean, I got 11,000 ad buyers. We got a guy for everything Mm -hmm. inside there. And so we do a lot of hands-on training. We do we have practice accounts where they can actually you know use one of our ad accounts, and uh, we'll give them a campaign to run, and we'll we'll fund it. I mean, it's going to be advertising our own stuff, but right. they'll get they'll get the hands-on experience. So the ad agency guy who's trying to go from you know I'm doing all right to I'm killing it. We do really well for that guy. And then it's kind of the same thing. Somebody who already has a marketing department and the marketing department is good, but they want to like make it really, really good at advertising. Mm -hmm. We really help those guys, you know, and that's where the Russell Brunson's Frank Kern, Grant Cardone, you know, they send their guys to us, digital Mm -hmm. marketer, you know, digital marketer sends their people to us and we churn out, you know, expert advertisers for them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. Again, because I have a martial arts background, if you're trying to win a gold medal, you know, do you sit in a garage on your own and try and figure it out with a buddy or do you get, like you said, you've got a group with over 11,000 media buyers. So imagine if you could have, you know, 50. So again, trying to win a gold medal, there's the guy that's in the garage figuring it out, trying to piece it together from what he can find in magazines and old VHS tapes versus the guy that, or girl that gets there and finds five or 10 people that already won a gold medal and are willing to coach them through it and walk them. Like who's going to be way more successful? It just seems like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Justin, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? No, man, this was great. You know, you asked me all the questions that I'm always usually like left feeling unsatisfied from some podcast. Uh, you know, you asked me all the tough stuff and mm. I can't think of one that you didn't ask, man. You covered a lot of ground. Good. Thank you. Well, I wanted like I know that a lot of people are newbies and that's why we went back to the, the early campaign, you know, the thousand dollar budget, how to get started. But I actually was curious about the smart display campaign and if that's something for newbies. And you did a great job of explaining kind of how it works, how to how to work with it, how to optimize and grow it. You also gave great criteria for who it's for versus who it's not for. So if you're new and you don't have anything that's proven, stay away from it. Stick with the three by five by two. You know, do take the thousand dollar budget. You got two hundred groups, and the reason why you're doing it in two hundred batches is because because it, you know it's like work expands to fill the time that you give it. You know, like your ad campaigns can expand to spend the money you give it. So you'll test better if you have small chunks at a time. And you just gave a great great perspective of what the state of affairs are now, where things are going. So I think this is a fantastic call. Those who are listening may want to listen to it again to make sure that they got all the notes. I know I took a bunch. And for anyone that's interested in figuring out how to build more profitable ad campaigns, anyone that would like to get certified as a paid advertiser, as a media buyer, or if anyone wants to get matched up with clients and jobs, go check out adskills.com. You can also follow Justin on social media. I always love and save a lot of his Facebook posts, uh, Justin Brook, B-R-O-O-K-E. And really, that's it, Justin. I know you got a lot of other things you could be doing, so thank you for coming and sharing with us. I know you got your family there as well, and I just appreciate you coming and just giving so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. This was great. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, 
What can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.